much. We just had tacos. They were delicious. Yummy tacos. They were really good. I'm kind of proud of myself. Yay! I can't believe your kids have never seen the Goonies. I know. That's... They're, as we speak, they're in the other room watching the Goonies for the first time ever. Yes, they are. Hey, you guys! That's all you're going to be hearing for, like, the next month. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Oh, it's just funny that Anwar is insisting, I don't like it, I don't like it, I'm not going to like it, it's dumb, it's dumb, it's old. Whatever else he was saying. Mm -hmm. And then, like, immediately we put it on and we hear them laughing. Him laughing, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep, that's your new favorite movie. He Did Did he have the same thing about The Sandlot? Um, that he was like, I don't want to see, I have no interest. No, I don't think it was exactly. I, they were, I think they were iffy about it at first. Like, they're mm -hmm. like, really? What? Like, live action people? Real people? Not a cartoon? Not no cartoons? Thing. No animation? It's not my kind of No movie. CGI? No special effects? Well, yeah. The Sandlot, I mean that dog. Please don't. Was special. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a cat. He's headbutting me. Oh. I thought he, he was going to loved you. That was he snuck the up behind her feeling. and headbutted the back of her head. Did he hit the back of your head? Yes. He hit right in the back of my head and he was like kind of snuffling. That was really cute. Oh, sorry, buddy. That was freaking me out, though. He's funny. Oh. Um, hey, so what do we got today? Are we doing, hey, this is, it's a, we're doing a podcast. Uh, yes, it, hey. my favorite hunting. This is episode five now. Five, yes, five. Moving right along. Five Alive. Um, I'm Ames. And I'm Mel. And we're here to tell you about ghosts. Um, you want to go first this time? Sure, I'll go first. All right, have at it. You better not have the same one I have. I have, I hope not. <laughs> okay, so mine is the haunting of Big Moose Lake in the Adirondacks. Oh, I've never even heard of this. Yes. I'm so relieved. <laughs> You've heard of mine for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Big, Mo Big Moose Lake? Lake? Yeah. Are there, in fact, big moose there? I have no idea. Oh. The lake looks like a fish of some kind, like a weird mutant fish. Like the outline of it? Yeah, the outline of it. It's like it came across of, this is a sign, this is a map of the lake, and it, like, looked really weird. Like, that. that's a lake? It's, like, got some, like, these weird offshoots on one side that kind of look like fish fins and stuff. I'm going to Google it. Okay, so, the spirit, ghost, entity, whatever you want to call them, that haunts Big Moose Lake and surrounding cottages and inns and stuff is um, believed to be that of Grace Brown. Who is Grace Brown? We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we'll get some history behind this to start with. Um... In the early uh, 1900s, so before 1910, uh, Grace was a teenager. She lived in 
don't quote me on the pronunciation, oh. Ostelic, or Ostelic, or Ostelic, O-S-T-E-L-I-C. Any of those, take your pick. New York. And um, she moved from there, from her family's farm, to Cortland to work in the Gillette Skirt Factory. And then uh, accounts vary, but between 1905 and 1904 and 1905, um, the owner of the Gillette Skirt Factories' nephew came to work for him, and his name was Chester Gillette. And he was originally from Montana and uh, bounced around from place to place before he um, settled down in Cortland to work for his uncle. And he also had a reputation as being a womanizer. But he was, like, a real, like, handsome, popular, athletic kind of guy. So, like, it was like, oh, that's okay, you know. Rich, popular person, they can do what they want. It's usually how it goes. Um, So shortly after Chester um, started working at the skirt factory he and grace met and they started a secret relationship Ooh. yeah and despite his reputation and warnings from her friends that were telling her you know he, he's actually dating a lot of wealthy daughters of different people around the area um she thought she met her true love and like it was all great and stuff and uh, they would frequently see each other without chaperones because in the early 1900s you needed chaperones to go be like on a date yeah on a date or whatever no one can be trusted (laughs) well that is true (laughs) uh oh so in 1906 grace finds out that she's pregnant and of course she does. And she tells Chester about it. And instead of being all happy and proposing marriage, he like kills her. she thought, uh, he tells Grace that he needs time to think about it. What's going on? So great. 1906? Yeah. That sounds like something that would happen today, right? Isn't yeah. that the excuse for today? So Grace goes back home to her family's farm, and in this period of time, you know, unwed mothers are, like, outcasts and stuff, so it's most likely that her family didn't know that she was pregnant when she she went back. Uh, I didn't get much details about, like, what her family thought, why she was back and stuff like that. But, you know, throughout this period... uh, Chester was using his time to think to see other women. Mm-hmm. And she continuously wrote him love letters and basically begging him to marry her. Oh, Grace. Yeah. And so finally he replies to her and says, okay, basically, okay, let's go on a romantic trip to the Adirondacks. Oh, I was going to say, I think we should see other people. <laughs> Um, oh no! He j- oh so, what a bastard! Um, so Grace thought that he was either going to propose or they're actually going to get married. Her. Yeah, I'm sorry. So um, <laughs> they they 
like spent a couple of nights together before they went to um, die. Big Moose Lake. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop stealing my punchline. So they went to Utica first for the first night. That's like about, well, the time, these times are like driving your car, but they were taking a train. So I'm not sure exactly how long it took the train to get there. I know it was 1906, so the trains were a little bit slower as well. Yeah. I so, think like when I did the Laurie Young, their train ride from Buffalo to Rochester, I think it was a few hours, whereas today it's like 45 minutes. Yeah. So, um... Utica's, by car speed, is about an hour and a half from, um, shoot, Cortland. And then, so they spent the first night there, and then they went up to Tupper Lake, which is about two hours, hour speed (laughs) from Utica. And that's where they spent their second night. And they were coming back on July 11th, um, and they stopped at Big Moose Lake, which is about an hour from Tupper Lake up in the Adirondacks. So at, once they got to Big Moose Lake, um, Chester rented a boat. Uh, it says from a man named Robert Morrison and rode Grace out into the middle of the 70-foot deep lake, mm. knowing Grace didn't know how to swim. Oh, no. And while Grace left all her luggage at the train station, Chester brought everything that he took on this trip with him. He was dressed in a uh, suit, and he brought a suitcase, a tennis racket, and a camera with him. Now, there's no way to actually know what happened on the boat. Some people say he took Mm. the tennis racket... We know what happened. ...and whacked Grace in the head with it, hard enough to make her fall overboard. Chester says that she threw herself overboard because she was in despair because he didn't love her anymore. So. It's funny how these murderous significant others just, well, I shouldn't say that because in, in the case that I did, they never, they, yeah, that, I guess that was a different, but that was one of the theories was that there was something going on and she just was so sad that he didn't love her and she must have killed herself no. because they had a fight. Yeah. Come on. So the guy that rented the boat out was like starting to get suspicious when his boat wasn't returned. So the next day he organized a search party to go look for these, um, this couple and he thought maybe like the wind swept them away or they, had some kind of issue and they were like stranded somewhere and they found the boat capsized in the southern bay and a short distance away they found grace's body with lacerations on the face and head and later the autopsy revealed bruising on the head and a four-month-old fetus oh honey yeah and two or three days later depending on whose account you're going by. Um, the police find Gillette at a near at the nearby Arrowhead Hotel in Inlet, which the actual hotel no longer exists. It's a baseball field now. <laughs> so and he was in that hotel under an alias. At first he claimed that he didn't know, he didn't know Grace at all. 
And then he came up with the story that she drowned herself, and no one believed him. No one what? believed anything he oh, said. Oh, good. <laughs> did he get the chair for this? Yes, he did. No. Really? <laughs> he, he went on trial at the Herkimer Courthouse, and um, it was the most sensational event ever in the area. Um, hundreds of witnesses coming from, like, all over. A famous New York City news reporter, Bat Masterson, came. Bat Masterson. He came to cover um, that. There's actually articles in the DNC. Since you have the subscription, you Uh can look them up and see what they all say. There was a lot of them, but I couldn't see... A lot of it. And then a famous news reporter from New York City. Wow. Put our little town on the map. Yeah. So on December 5th, 1906, after five hours of deliberation, the jury found Gillette guilty of murder in the first degree and sentenced him to the electric chair. Good fucking job, Justice. And um, it says that, like... When his execution date got closer, he confessed to the murder to his spiritual advisor and that never never revealed exact details of what happened. I'm sorry, spiritual. So I know you mean like priest. That's what it said. That's what, how they worded it. I'm just <laughs> picturing like, remember Miss Cleo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I see when I think of spiritual advisor. What was his name again? Uh, Chester Gillette. Chester. When you first started this and you said Chester, we had just been talking about the Goonies, and I (laughs) fully expected you to say Chester Copperpot. Oh. (laughs) Um, But instead, he's the worst a man could get. (laughs) Get it? Yeah. Gillette, get it? Yes, he is. Uh, He was executed March 30th, 1908 at Auburn Prison, which is now Auburn, Auburn correctional facility and he was buried in an unmarked grave which is said to be paved over now (laughs) that's your karma possum did um did you have a date for when this happened um 1906 is when she did you have a trial like a a, july date july 11th okay no because these are all just like december oh so i'm looking for july because god forbid we put them in order (laughs) Why would we do that? November, July 17th. Because I'm impatient, so. (laughs) Oh, no, sign in. Sign me in. I have an account. Yes, I do. I paid my $7.95. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, so on to the haunting. Oh, is there a ghost story to this too? Yes, there oh my is. god! Okay, go ahead. Tell me all yes, about it. I know all of the juicy details of a murder. I know. I get. Maybe we should have done a true crime <laughs> podcast. Maybe. Anyway, so the hauntings. Grace has been spotted both at um, Big Moose Inn and on the lake itself. A smoky figure. In a white dress that glides through the hallways and around the lake shore. Um, some witnesses also state they have seen her falling from a boat in the lake into the lake. Mm. Um, and several of the cottages near the lake have also reported activity 
Um, uh, she likes to put out the lights. She likes to turn the lights off for people. Saving energy. Yep. That's what they do. And there's some specific ones. In 1988, several employees of the Covewood Lodge um, encountered Grace's spirit. A group uh, was returning to staff quarter when Rhonda Boselot maybe <laughs> uh, walked into the lodge and stopped at the top of the stairs where she was reaching to turn on uh, a pull string light and she felt like someone was standing right next to her and mm-hmm. it, like she froze like she was just like it, that's how powerful it was she just like didn't move at all Mm-mm. and it the same time when she was that was happening to her, three of her male coworkers saw Grace's ghost in front of them. Um, I think they're oh yeah, outside. They were outside of the staff lodge or staff quarters building. Um, the figure lingered for a few minutes and then moved away. And then later, a woman named Linda Lee Mackin was walking toward the lake with, with a flashlight and then it started to go dim on her and then it finally went out. Um, by the time she reached the shoreline, it, it didn't work at all. And uh, she decided to turn around and go back because the shore was ro- rocky and stuff. She didn't want to try traversing it in the dark. And she found herself looking directly at Grace Brown. Mm-hmm. No, you can't just sneak up on people like that, Grace. It's rude. <laughs> oh, no. And she got the overwhelming feeling that the ghost was sad. And uh, she made her way back to the lodge as quickly as she could. <laughs> oh, I would, too. Yes. So that is the haunting of Big Moose Lake. And I felt like that was really quick. It was a little quick. Um, it was a little quick. But, um... It was a good one, though. Yeah. We should... Do, so, I looked it up on maps, mm-hmm. and it's only like a three-hour drive from here. Yeah, I, I always wanted to go to the Adirondacks. We when, need to do that sometime. When we were... Well, when we, we weren't recording earlier, when we were talking about... Well, when I was talking about... Oh, oh that's right. I forgot <laughs> We should about find that somewhere <laughs> not too far and, like, go like spend a night or something. Yeah. Like, on a weekend. I didn't even think about that. And there we go. Maybe now might not be the best time. Or maybe it is the best time. Maybe. But really, I mean, I would say July 17th would be the best time to go. Although it probably happened... This was published July 17th, so it probably happened before that. Yeah, this is his July ar- 11th. Oh, okay, yeah. This was his arrest. Um, and there's a bunch of articles, so I'll... Uh, I'll do what I did with the other one uh-huh. and clip them and post the links. Cool. And uh, hopefully they come up readable. The ones you did before um, were pretty good. I mean, some of it was kind of faded, but I mean, it was 1900, so. I just, I, so, okay, so the title of this article is The Tragedy at Big Moose. And it's these, the older papers, the way it was done was just article and then article and they're, like, in columns. Yeah. But it's one right after another. There's not, like, today where it's, like, something takes up a whole page. Uh-huh. And then you go to, like, the next page or it's not, like, sectioned off, like, separately. Yeah. And the article 
Unless I'm reading this wrong. No, nope, pretty sure that's what it says. The one in the column to the left of it is... <laughs> the title of it says, Likely to be Spanked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's 1906. I I don't... I just I think... I, oh, my goodness. Is it about child rearing? It's about Salvador and Guatemala. What? <laughs> is Salvador... The governments of Salvador and Guatemala are evidently not in touch with their armies in the field. Both governments have accepted the tender by the United States of its good offices to bring about a settlement of their difficulties, but the armies keep right on fighting. If this misunderstanding continues much longer, it may put the United States in a somewhat ridiculous position. If the United (laughs) States is in earnest in its... Determination to put a stop to the disturbance in Central America, it will call the attention of the contending governments to the anomaly pretty sharply. Like a Salvador and Guatemala are fighting, and they they've called a truce, but the armies don't know it, so they're still <laughs> fighting. Oh, and here's the, and here's, the U.S. is going to spank them. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. okay. <laughs> if Sal- if Salvador if Salvador and Guatemala haven't sense enough to see the real meaning of a polite intimation that the United States and Mexico disapprove of their belligerent courses, it may be necessary to take steps to enlighten them. The sum and substance of the whole matter is that Guatemala and Salvador are making nuisances of themselves and that unless they stop it at once, they are likely to be spanked. So, no, so I guess they haven't called it truce. They're fighting over something stupid, it sounds like. What was happening in 1906 in Central America? I, I don't have no idea. I had me neither. The United States is going to spank them. They're going to be Bad sp- Guatemala. Get over my knee. <laughs> Get the studded belt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, is, that, is the, that is the greatest news article. So that has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but... That was great. When I clip when I clip this article, I'll be sure to include that one as Good. well, even though I just read it, so everyone can see for themselves. That's possibly the best headline in a newspaper I've ever seen. Likely yeah. to be spanked. That's you know that's some journalist trying to be clever. Yeah, you're acting like children. You're gonna get spanked. You're in timeout. They didn't do timeouts in 1906. No, they had spankings. They just, no, whoopings. Whoopings. Pick your own switch. Wow. When I was that age, I had to go out in the backyard and cut my own switch. If it wasn't good enough, they made me go cut another one. What's that from? I don't know. Oh, is it from something? Or I think it's part of it. It sounds familiar. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway. <clears throat> I'm not even gonna cut. Gonna cut this. I'm just gonna go straight through. Yay! Although I'm, I'm gonna cut the last like five minutes out. <laughs> um, we're only at 29 minutes as it is. Oh, this is gonna be a really short one. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It's fine. Mine was give, straight and to the point. Give the people a break. Let, well, let's see if I can make up for. <laughs> I'll make up for that. So, I was racking my brain. We didn't have a theme for this episode. No theme. So, I was, and I even asked you, I'm like, give me a hint. You could have said, like, woods or, like, mountains or something. 
Like, that's all I was looking for. Like, a setting. Well, I guess I kind of... Yeah. (laughs) A lover scorned. I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess I'm kind of, like, in the woods slash mountains of Kentucky. Ooh, at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh, Waverly Hills. I've been trying to get in here. Like, I've like every year I look because I want to do an investigation there. And then yeah. they just do regular tours, too. But they book up really quick. Oh, they, like, schedule investigations? Yeah. Cool. You can You can do just a regular tour, or you can actually book it for the night for an investigation. But I'm pretty sure they do. Like, you won't have it to yourself. But the place yeah. is huge, so that's not usually an issue. But you guys, if you have any interest in going here in 2019, because they're booked up for the year, the year already. Like I was looking like in August for Halloween and they were already sold out. (laughs) Um, But they do overnight investigations and they also do regular tours like during the day. Um, If you have any interest in going in 2019, I will tell you right now, go to their website. I don't know what it is. (laughs) It's like Waverly. It's very easy. Google Waverly Hills. Yeah, (laughs) just Google Waverly Hills. You'll find it. It's like Waverly Hills dot com or something like that or dot org um that's spooky they're gonna start they're gonna start taking reservations for next year soon if they haven't already so um and then i know my friend angie you know angie yeah she's been wanting to go there too so i sent her the link like i saw it the other day and i was like uh we need to get on this because we've been talking about going for like two years now i think Mm -hmm. like it came up a while ago and because they book up so quick yeah so i'm just like we need to like be on top of this as soon as those sales open and pick a weekend and that's it. We're going that weekend. No matter what. Uh, you give me enough enough notice and I might be able to join you. Absolutely. I would expect nothing less. Yes, well I have I have well, offspring that needs to be watched. No, <laughs> they can come. They're fine. <laughs> maybe maybe not after I tell you what goes on there. I think I'll keep them away from this kind of stuff as long as I can. No, but weren't they just asking the, to sit in and listen? The older one was. He wanted to be part of it, and I don't... I don't know. What were you doing at 13? Watching X-Files? Watching Freddy Krueger? <laughs> uh-huh. That was... Uh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> it was different back in my day. Back in my day. Don't even let him watch Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I know I'm giving you shit. She gave her approval earlier today that he could watch Iron Man. Yes. I know. I want to watch it with him, though. I want to be there. My uh, only issue is the other one, because we don't have a very big house. And when the one wants to do something, the other one wants to do it. He's not quite there yet. Loan him to me for the day. He can come here and watch it. He'll loan you a child. Or I'll come over, you take the other one out. Borrow a child day. Can I rent a child? <laughs> can we do that? I can rent a child for a day. Yay. Um, oh, I have a story to tell you. Oh, that's right. Waverly Hills. Waverly Hills Sanatorium. So I always thought the difference between, and I literally just looked this up before I hit record. <laughs> Because I always thought the difference between a sanatorium and a sanitarium was a sanitarium was for, like, mental illness, mm-hmm. and a sanatorium was for, like, TB wards. And yes. so it turns out that they're completely interchangeable. They mean exactly the same thing, just a long-term hospital for co- um, 
Conval- convalescence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, quick history. Originally, um, the land that Waverly Hill sits on was owned by Major Thomas H. Hayes. He bought it in 1883, and he used it to build a one-room schoolhouse for his daughters. They oh. needed a school, and I guess this mofo was rich enough to just build them their own. And he had Unless like a, he had lots and lots of daughters, too. Like 27 daughters. Um, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, that was... It didn't say. You said that was such a straight face. I was like, <laughs> really? It didn't specify. It sounded like two. Oh. But it didn't specify. It's entirely possible it was 27. <laughs> um, That's a lot of girls. I mean, it also didn't say how many mothers. Yeah. So. Yeah, that too. Um, but um, so he uh, built them their own schoolhouse, and he had a tutor come in for them. Mm-hmm. Um and the tutor was actually the one she, I guess this guy Hayes wrote Waverly novels. I didn't look that up, so I don't know yeah. if that's a type of novel or if it's a character in a series of novels or what the deal with that is. But the tutor enjoyed them, oh. and so um, she suggested the name Waverly Hills for the property, and he liked it and he kept oh. it. And then interesting. Um, in 1908, the Board of Tuberculosis Hospital purchased the land from Hayes. They liked the name, so they kept it. So that's okay. why it's still Waverly Hills. Um, they purchased the land and began construction on just a, a regular old two-story building for a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it opened in 1910. It was originally designed to house up to 40 to 50 TB patients, it quickly filled up to more than 140. Wow. Because um, that was right at the time that TB, like, kind of exploded. Yeah. Um, so they started construction on a larger building, which is the one that everyone... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking TB <laughs> I knew that one was got you, too. When I looked up and saw your face, I'm like, she's laughing about exploding. <laughs> test they do on your arm i was thinking like in like if it changes color it you means you have tb and then, then your just arm explodes <laughs> i don't know it's not really <laughs> like a it, they actually injected you with like an ied i know that was just well no you I'm can't sorry. then it's not my, an ied right my brain just like they inject you with like just the littlest bit of like c4 <laughs> and there goes your arm <laughs> kaboom i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> you guys, I looked up and she was just shaking so hard trying not to laugh. I was trying not to make it out loud. The face you were made, oh my god, it was like it looked like you were about to explode <laughs> with laughter. <laughs> oh shit. Where did I leave off? I'm so sorry. Oh man. Uh, this is what we're here for though. <laughs> the spontaneous tangents that we go on. Um uh, yes, okay, so the big building that everybody is familiar with today, mm-hmm. when you see Waverly Hills and you recognize that big, like, kind of gothic yeah. beast, um, so they started construction on that, and that, in 1924, and that completed in 1926, which is funny, each building both took two years 
But the first one was just a reg- like a straight up Little like frame, two story mm-hmm. building, and then this behemoth, and it's all like brick and stone, and it's huge. That was Melissa's phone because somebody didn't put it on silent. Um, but that also took two years. Like, why? Why did the first one take two years? That shouldn't have taken two years. They had a lot less workers. Like one. They one. <laughs> they wanted the second building to go it was, quicker because they were in desperate need. So they hired like they, 100 people. They kept the tutor on to build the new building. Hmm. They ke- yeah. Cause finish your finish your tweet. It's fine. No tweeting. Um. No, I was I was joking and saying they kept the tutor on to build the two-story oh. building. That's why it took two years. <laughs> Poor tutor. <laughs> she didn't even know how to do construction work. I mean, she's a teacher. Shouldn't she know how to do everything? Yeah, because apparently moms Like moms? Teachers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> know everything. Um, so anyway, so the, the big building that we were all familiar with today finished in 1926, and that was made to house 400 or more patients. And it was completely self-contained. It had its own post office. It had its own mm-hmm. had its own everything. It was like a self-contained city. It had its own zip code. Wow. Um, well, I mean, each post office is its own zip oh, code, right? right? So, I forgot about um, that. And then, so, it, and it was full until um, population started dwindling in 1943 when a new antibiotic was discovered that could effectively treat and cure TB. Yay. Um, and in 1961, the sanatorium basically became obsolete yeah. because everyone was just getting the, it was just an antibiotic. Um, so it was closed down and quarantined and then it was renovated and reopened in 1962 as a geriatric facility. Oh. Um, and it stayed that way until 1981, the state stepped in and permanently closed it down. Um, what were they doing at that geriatric facility? Right. It probably was just a really old Build, building falling old, apart. Falling apart, condemned. Asbestos. Oh, yeah. Um, which I'm pretty sure when you're investigating there, you have to wear masks, I think. Or maybe in parts of it. Probably. Because um, I know a lot of it's, like, really, like, and I'll get to that. Like, on the fourth floor, half of it's closed off mm-hmm. because the floor caved in. Oh, no. Um, so, like, there's no way you could, like, investigate down that half of the hallway. Um so dur- while it was a TB hospital somewhere, and this number, this number is really variable, um, somewhere between 8,000 and 63,000 people died. Wow. That is a big jump. Yeah. I think, um, I think uh, like people just died at such a high rate. It was hard to keep track. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, most people who went in there, like there was no treatment. Like they thought that they were treating these people. With, like, fresh air and sunshine and relaxation, yeah. and that's not... Most of those people died. And um, a lot of the treatments were really, really bad also. Like, they were essentially torturing. Like, there was one procedure where they would insert a balloon into a patient's lung Ew. and then forcefully inflate the balloon to help them with breathing, which oh. that's not how that works, friend. Yeah. That's that's not how breathing works. Um, just because your chest is rising and falling, you still need to take in that air yeah so um and then there was another like they would like remove muscle tissue they would remove ribs to try and help because they didn't know 
Why like what? Breathe? Yeah, they didn't know like what it was doing to them. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you need more room to breathe. And they would just like take body parts out to make more room for the lung to expand. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so like that kind of stuff was really, really bad. And um, um, so then also during this time, there were at least two suicides. Um, they were both nurses. They're four years apart. Mm-hmm. They're both related to... So there's this room 502. Um, it's believed, because there's no record of this or anything, like there's yeah. no proof, but it's believed that... Um, so the fifth floor was basically in the center you had two nurses stations. Mm-hmm. And then on either side you had these big glass rooms. Yeah. And um, it's believed that they were used for the, the mentally ill... TB patients. Oh. So it was like a combo, like, psych ward. Yeah. Like t- it was like a TB psych ward. So, and these people were basically contained. They were, like, basically big, giant common rooms. And they would open up out onto, like, a deck mm-hmm. or patio or however you want to say it. And so they could get their fresh air and their sunshine. Yeah. And then they would have, like, indoor activities or whatever. Um, so we have, so the website, I got this from, um, uh, shit, I just wrote it down. It's like prairieghosts.com, I think. Yeah, prairieghosts.com. Um, ghosts plural. Uh, so the, he had written, um, that both happened in room 502, but one happened in 502, the other one, the nurse worked in room 502. Okay. Um, so they were four years apart. In 1928, the head nurse was found hanging from a light fixture in room 502. Mm. Um, suicide. Yeah. Um, they think it was because of a depression, because of an unwanted pregnancy. Okay. Which in 1928 makes sense. Yeah, I didn't know if, like, were they absolutely sure that it was That's what suicide? They th- <laughs> well, the... That is um, accepted as a suicide, but they think that that's the reason. They just, they don't know the exact reason, but they think that's the reason. Um, So then four years later, there's another nurse who worked in room 502 regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, They classified this as a suicide also, but she, so she jumped off the roof, Uh quote unquote jumped off the roof of the building. Um, no one had, she didn't even know, nobody suspected, like, any, like, she wasn't, like, melancholy or depressed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, like, nobody had, could figure out any kind of reason for it. Yeah. She, it's like she just went up there and just jumped. Um, but they also, there are rumors that she was actually pushed. Ooh. But then again, like, nobody, like, there's no, there's no hard evidence for that. Yeah. And I think that's more of, like, we can't believe that she did this to herself. Yeah. She must have been pushed, which, I mean, I guess it could have been if, like, she brought one of the mental patients up there yeah, or for some reason. Or an orderly or, or something. Or, had, or a doctor. Maybe there was a... Uh, you know these kind of places always have that doctor that's experimenting on patients in the basement. Maybe oh, she found out. she came out and she's like, uh, I'm telling on you. And he's like, nope. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see Grave Encounters? I... Oh, it's such a good movie. It's um, I think Jason Blum has. Fr- I think it was a Blumhouse, but I think it was like their first one. But mm-hmm. I saw it at Tribeca like eight years ago or something <laughs> like that. And um, 
it was really, really good. And I ne- it was on Netflix for a while, but they don't have it anymore. I need yeah. to find it on DVD. So good. And, um, but I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's a, they're investigating a mental hospital uh-huh. and, um, it turns out that like the doctor was experimenting on the patients in the basement. Surprise, surprise. But anyways, okay. I just thought of that now, but, <laughs> but you guys, it's a really good movie. If you can find it, you watch it. Um, and it, it's that they shot it in Vancouver and it's that hospital that everyone uses as a hospital. So like it was on X-Files, it's been on Supernatural. <laughs> it was, if you saw Deadpool 2, it was the boys' home in Deadpool 2. Um, like everybody shoots there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the inside, it's funny because the inside, the inside on Deadpool 2, it doesn't, it, it looks different. But like seeing it in Grave Encounters and it's all like, falling apart and graffitied and everything but then on supernatural it was like a working hospital yeah and it was like all clean and but like the staircase like the central staircase was exactly the same and it was so weird (laughs) to see it like that anyways that was a tangent um where did i leave off from 502 uh yeah so um throughout the building there's um oh no i'm sorry i'm skipping ahead so still in room 502 or on the fifth floor um People hear voices, there's EVPs, mm-hmm. shapes moving, you know, shadows moving, um, shapes moving in the windows when no one's in there, or you assume nobody's in there. No yeah. one's supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. Do we ever really know if nobody's in there, though? Um, um, the big one, though, is if you go into that room, people report a disembodied voice telling them, get out. Ooh. Um, yeah. So the next story I have is down in the kitchen. This, this one was a good one. Um, so, um, Louisville ghost hunter society, they were investigating and, um, they went down into the kitchen and the cafeteria, but the, um, both rooms were in such ruins and like there was flooding and like, like furniture was just thrown and broken everywhere and mm-hmm. like the ceiling was falling in and like it was just in such a a dilapidated state that they yeah. weren't going to stay so they turn around to leave but before they leave they hear footsteps and a door swinging shut so they all kind of stopped and they were like what was that and then they started smelling freshly baking bread oh wow which i guess that's like is smelling food cooking down there is like a common oh. thing that a lot of people experience um and then, of course, the footsteps in the door shutting, they look around and there's nobody else there with them. Yeah. It's just their team. Um, but I thought that was cool, the, the smelling cooking food. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, especially since it's, like, all condemned and, like, Like, even, like, so, stuff. and Ghost Hunters um, proved this on one of their episodes. And, like, I've experienced this myself with just some of the things that I own that are so old, but especially with wood. So if you have something that's wood you've owned it and it's really old right mm-hmm. so like the one that they did on their episode was um cigar smoke yeah. i think it was like an old wooden chair and like the people were like oh my grandfather like sat in this chair and smoked his cigar yeah and now sometimes i smell cigar smoke so if um the way they proved it was they took a hair dryer and warmed it up and warmed it up and then the smell comes out because that wood has absorbed yeah. the smell so with the heat mm-hmm. it releases it which like because i have i have my grandfather's um 
don't know what you call it, a pipe stand, but oh, it's yeah. like this turntable thing that's got all these slots going all the way around it, and that's where you would put your pipes. Yeah. And then in the middle, there's um, it's hollow, and you keep your tobacco in there. Yeah. And even now, like, and he passed away a few years ago, and he, he stopped smoking pipes years before that. Yeah. So there's been this thing that's just been empty and in storage for a long time. But even now, like, when you open up that middle part, mm -hmm. you still get a whiff of his tobacco. And it's, like, because I've associated it with so Like, every time I open, I'm like, Grandpa. Yeah. And um, so, so, but I don't think that that would be the case for this because. No, especially with, like, sweating damage and things like that. And well, and that you would smell it, like, because there's no, it doesn't say what time of year this is. But that building, like, looking at it, it just looks cold. Because it's so yeah. big and so open. And stone. And, yeah, stone and brick. And um, there wouldn't, I wouldn't think that there'd really be anything for that smell to um, absorb into. And oh, my hips are hurting. I'm trying to get comfortable. <laughs> um, and, like, and the fact that it just, like, came out of nowhere. Like, they had been there for a few minutes, sounds yeah. like. So it's, like, for it to just suddenly spring up like that. As opposed to, like, it's a hot summer day. And, and I walk into the kitchen, it smells like bread. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was cool. Um, so then we go to the fourth floor, and that's the one that half of it's closed off. Like, the door is locked. You can't get in there. And that's yeah. because the floor caved in. Oh, nice. So you literally can't walk <laughs> over there. But this guy that, that wrote the, um, this on prairieghost.com, um, so he said that when he went to investigate... And he went with his friend from um, the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society. Um, they're on the fourth floor, and he heard footsteps and door slamming from that other side of the floor where there is no floor. Oh wow! So, and he like he said that he kind of stopped and said to his friend like, "But, but I heard like I'm hearing things like somebody's over there." And he, his friends just like, "Go look! There's nobody over there." And so like he went and looked and saw like there's no floor. So he was like, yep, no one's over here. So um, footsteps and door slamming when there's no floor. Um, so then they're walking um, down the, the other hallway, the other half. So the way this building is set up, it's called the the bat wing design or something like that. So uh -huh. you have... So you have two wings. So yeah. you have the central part of the building yeah. in the middle. And then... The, each wing extends out on an angle, like okay. forward, and then they kind of turn an angle backwards a little bit. Oh, okay, I see that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why you call it that Does wing. that make sense? I, am I, ex I hope I'm explaining this properly for the people who can't see me gesturing. <laughs> so kind of like a misshapen W or something? Um, kind of. Like or you know what? If you really want to know, you can just go on Google Maps. Yeah. I think I think that's fair. So they're so the one half is all closed. So they're walking down the other the other half, mm -hmm. and they get to one of the parts where like that bend is. Yeah. So there's a door straight in front of them because the hallway turns. Yeah. Um. So as they're walking, they see there's like the the ambient glow from outside, yeah. like the moonlight or or whatever lights that they have outside, and. So that lights up the hallway just enough for him to see out of this room mm -hmm. walks a man who's wearing what could be like a doctor's coat, like a long white yeah. coat. And he just walks across and into the room across the hall. Oh. 
And then they go and look, and, like, there's nobody there. Yeah. Um, because it was a ghost. <laughs> it was the doctor who's experimenting on everybody. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So then he said that that was the craziest thing that he ever saw. And he wasn't expecting to see anything. He was more excited about, like, the historical aspect. And, yeah. like, the, here's this really cool abandoned building which would be my thing too like when i've gone to like with with the shanley hotel you know it was Mm -hmm. just like i don't even i mean of course i want experiences but like it was also like if i don't get an experience it's fine because look at this awesome old building with all of this history yeah and um that was his attitude going in and he didn't expect to actually experience anything and then here comes this ghost doctor just darting across the hall um so, oh, thanks, autocorrect. That's not what I wrote. Not that it matters, because I know what I meant. <laughs> so, then I've got a few things from this website, ranker.com. Uh, so, oh, my computer's doing crazy things. Hold on. Okay. Um, there is just the hospital in general. There is a... Uh, an elderly woman who kind of roams, I guess about the whole building because it didn't specify. It just says she roams the hospital, okay. kind of moaning and crying, and bleeding from her chained hands and feet. Ah. Um, and she'll stand there and cry for help, but then if anybody tries to approach her, she'll run away screaming and then just disappear. Okay. Um, and they think that that's part of like because the treatments were so just so horrendous. Uh-huh. That that was, like, one of the, although I don't know why she's bleeding from her hands and feet. Or why she's chained up. Maybe she was one of, maybe she's from 502. That's her thing. <laughs> she's from the el- elderly patient, or the Oh, el- the geri- when it was a geriatric building? Yeah. But why would she like be? like, dementia? But why would she wanders? be in chains? Because she wanders around and they're, like, trying to keep her in her room. They chained her down in 1962. They had, like, nylon straps by then. Or leather. Maybe they couldn't afford leather. Maybe um, she would chew through the leather if she was a little crazy. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> dentures handle that, though. She still had her own teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Did she? I'm just making stuff up now. I know. I, that <laughs> isn't half of this just making stuff up? Maybe. Um... Uh, so then, and then the next one, there's this thing, um, they call it the creeper. Um, it's a dark, terrifying entity that crawls along the floors and walls. Oh, not good. Yeah, that gives me chills just reading that, like, right up my spine. Um, some believe it's an otherworldly spirit or demonic force. Others believe it's a human spirit that's been twisted by the trauma of tubercular death. That's a word, tubercular. Yeah. Um, but anybody who encounters it is just filled with, like, this feeling of, like, dread and doom. And, like, it's overwhelming and um, very, very just bad. Mm. Um, so we don't know where that comes from, but those are the theories for that. Um, th- another thing that I thought was... Re- fucking creepy was doppelgangers Uh-oh. so a doppelganger I'm sure everyone knows what a doppelganger is basically you see your twin yeah so like if you ever watch vampire diaries right 
you definitely know what a doppelganger is because yeah. like everybody had like 17 doppelgangers on that show. Yeah. So they didn't want to pay any other actors. They well they'd kill one and then like another one would pop up. Oh nice. So no, I think it was just Elena that had like five different ones or something like that. And then Stefan had that. like 30. And then everyone else had like one. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know doppelganger science. Um <laughs> But uh, Ranker.com explains it as um, doppelgangers are also known as double walkers. It's a type of spirit that can mimic the appearance, voice, and mannerisms of anyone or anything it encounters. Um, Which means it gives, it actually gives a really great example. You could look across the room and see an exact replica of yourself. Mm -hmm. Or you could watch what appears to be your sister strangling a cat, even though she loves cats. Because it's not your sister, it's her doppelganger. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so the tour guides actually at Waverly Hills have reported seeing, she woke up when you said, seeing these, (sighs) sorry, don't do that. She woke up when you said strangling cats. So she looked at you like, oh baby, no one's going to strangle you. You're safe, honey. You know, I love you. Like, I don't appreciate your comment. No, baby. Oh, (laughs) that was a yawn. You're so beautiful. I'm sorry if I shocked you. That's twice today. You were had that. You were looking up behind me, and then you just like you guys. She pointed like she pointed so quick. Like I thought like there was a doppelganger. Like you, you can't do that when we're recording this stuff. I'm sorry. Oh my sorry, god. Sorry. Oh no. Okay. Well, these cats need to stop doing stuff. There was a cat the other time too. So where'd I leave off? The tour guides. Oh my god. I'm still like, my heart's pounding because you I'm really so scared sorry. me. I didn't mean to. When we did that escape room the other day, we went to dinner afterwards and I didn't realize how keyed up I was. Uh-huh. And I went to the bathroom, which was in the basement. And it was one of those like one room bathrooms. Uh-huh. And I came out and somebody was waiting for oh. it. Oh, did you and scream? She- yes. I jumped back and like gasped really hard. And she just looked at me like I was crazy because I am. Oh my god. Oh, maybe I'm still like have like PTSD <laughs> from that room now. It was fun though. It was really good. Um anyway, Waverly Hills. Uh Doppelgangers, the tour guides at Waverly Hills, um, are the ones that report have reported seeing these. Um, the really creepy part though, it says, um, in some cases, the doppelgangers were almost identical. The only difference being black holes where the eyes should be. Like, can you imagine like looking like down the hall or like into a room or something and there's you and it's almost like looking into a mirror, but your eyes are just black holes. That's creepy. I can't, I can't even. So they're, they're seeing themselves, not someone else they know. Yep. Okay. They see their own doppelganger. Uh-huh. That's giving me shivers. And even, and like, so, I mean, like, I've always used the term doppelganger for like, oh my God, like, you know, like I, when you see somebody who looks just like someone else. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, I saw your twin. Like I saw your doppelganger the other day, uh-huh. but like to see myself and then to know that that's a spirit because like mm-hmm. i would never have thought like i was just like 
oh, that's so crazy. Like, you have a lookalike. You have somebody else, another living person who looks just like you. Yeah. But it's actually a spirit. That's crazy. And then it has black holes for eyes. Yeah. Doppelganger, to me, always, like, made me think, like, evil or not, like, not morally sound type other person that looks like someone else that's not, like... Well, I mean, is that the same thing as, like, a changeling? I don't know, but like, I know there's actors that I've definitely said, oh, that's this person, and you IDBM it, and it's not uh, at all the same some, person. I think there's like a BuzzFeed about that. Like, who is it? And then they put them side by side, and you're like, oh. Even, I don't but know. I've, I've seen ones that look more alike than the ones that they did, and it's like crazy. It's, I'm just like, isn't um Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling are those two of them? Those are no, two of them, I think right? that's like are they brothers or something? Oh yeah, I think I don't know. I saw those two on something, but like that. But I thought it was like are they related? And they're like no, not at all. I've seen those that one too, where like they look so much alike, but like not identical. But like the one I uh, that I always come back to is um. The lead on Law and Order SVU, um, Mariska Hargitay. Yes, okay. I always mess up how to pronounce her name. I thought she was on this show called Pretty Little Liars, being one of the girl's moms. Hmm. Nope. Not her at all, but it looks so much like her. Like, it's freaky. I think that's part of, like, um, like a casting thing, like, oh, we'll cast this person who looks like this other actor, and then maybe that will draw more people in because they'll think that it's that person. I don't even think she was on, like, the first half of the, sh- the first season or but something. I mean, but like I mean, like, in general, because that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, somebody pointed out to me once that there's an exorbitant amount of actors who look like um, Rob Lowe. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, what the heck, what's his name? Damon Salvador. What is his name? Ian Summerhalder. Because <laughs> we used to watch Vampire Diaries together, and he'd be like, doesn't that look like Rob Lowe? Doesn't that look like Rob Lowe? And I'd be like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And then he'd pull up a picture of Rob Lowe and be like, yes, it does. And then like, it started to become a thing uh-huh. where he'd be pointing out, like, look, it's Rob Lowe again, but it wasn't. <laughs> And it would be, like, all these different actors. And, like, of course, I can't think of any of the ones who it was now. But, yeah. like, there was, like, a bunch of different ones. And I was like, oh, my God, he might actually be onto something. That's so crazy. A Rob Lowe conspiracy. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was my tangent this time. We're making up for your time. My short, for your my time. short one. Damn it, we're going to give you people an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> um, so on September 10th, 2006, Tom Halstead of the Missouri Paranormal Research took a photograph of a ghostly apparition that looked exactly like this woman, Mary Lee, um, who lived in the sanatorium while it was open. And some believe that she's the nurse who hung herself in, five, in room 502. Um, other people think that she was the daughter of a doctor who worked there, who contracted TB from prolonged exposure to the patients. 
Um, and there's a photo attached to this little blurb. And I spent like a good five minutes studying this photo looking for her. <laughs> and she's not in it. So I'm guessing it I'm I'm hoping that the Missouri Paranormal Research team has a website that they post their photos on and maybe it's there. Okay. But uh it's not in the photo that they attached, which would be we love photos. Yes. I love creepy photos. There is a photo on this article that um looks like a ghost in a hallway. But I'm pretty sure it's a real life person just kind of standing there and like parts of her are blurry. So maybe it's like a, a long exposure kind of thing moving. and she moved. <laughs> um, but this is on Ranker.com. Um, you could just Google scary stories from Waverly Hills and it'll come up. Um, you could see it for yourself. And then I wait. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's a lot of stories, you guys. Yeah. The, I was really hoping to find something about the body shoot. Oh, yeah. Because this is the place of the body shoot. That's creepy. Um, and I remember on Ghost Hunters when they walked through it and they yeah. did EVPs. And I feel like they got something, but I can't find anything about it. Um, something brushed. What's his name's legs? The guy with the tattoos. Steve. Steve. I, I think something Steve. brushed his legs. Steve's or something favorite. like that. Steve Gonsalves. I'm sorry, Steve. I don't know how to say your last name. <laughs> Hi, Steve. What's I, up? I think that's what happened. Uh, because, like... How do you remember that? This was so long ago. Because the body shoot was freaking creepy. Yeah, it's freaking creepy. Because um, like, that's where they send the dead bodies. So, yeah. So, originally, the body shoot was constructed... It's a concrete tunnel underground, and um, because Waverly Hills is at the top of a hill. Mm -hmm. So it was originally constructed to bring supplies up and down when there was, like, a lot of weather or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then when TB, like, really exploded. <laughs> Sorry. Got me again. I'm like, I know she's going to laugh. I'm just going <laughs> to pause. When TB, like, really exploded, um, they were accumulating so many bodies because everybody was just dying. Yeah. And so they um, they had a bunch of, like, pulleys and rails and stuff, and they would um, send the bodies down this – it says it's a 485-foot tunnel, and there'd be a hearse waiting at the bottom. And they would do it at night out of sight of the patients because they didn't want to upset the yeah. patients living there. So you got to think that there's some kind of – <laughs> happened in there. Yeah. There actually, there was um, was it? No, it, that was in the morgue. There's uh, I'm not a huge Ghost Adventures fan because that guy Zach, I like I want to like him, mm -hmm. but then I watch the show and I'm just like I hate, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> he's, I don't he's, think I've ever watched that. He's one. too much. I think mm -hmm. he's he's very exuberant. <laughs> I'm trying to be I'm trying to be nice about insulting a person I've never met. Yeah. I'm sure he's a very nice guy in life, but I just he he goes a little bit too hard, I think, yeah. for my tastes. Um but when they investigated um he they were in the morgue and he 
this was really brave of him. I will give him all the props for doing this. He laid down inside one of the body trays in the... Who for, did that on Ghostbusters too? Oh, who did it? Do you um, remember? The, who's the one that always investigates with Steve? Brian? Or Is was it, it after kind of small? Like skinnier and like a little shorter and... Oh, oh, he came after Brian. Oh, shit, I can't remember his name. I liked him. I liked him too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, shit. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. I think it was him. And I don't know if Steve was like, uh, I'm not going in there. Or if he did it too, I can't remember which mm. direction he went. I probably could be persuaded to do it, but it would take a lot of shots. I, I, I think. know, I know there was, um, <laughs> two people and cause they were like conversing a little bit back and forth and then like, they'd be quiet for a while and see if they could hear anything. Mm. And well, so he did this. Um, oh, and he did it alone. His teammates oh. went down the hall to the lab, nice. the laboratory. Um, he reported becoming very lethargic and feeling an intense pressure on his body. He said he felt like bodies were lying stacked on top of him and he couldn't move. Oh. Um, while he was, so he was in there with a cameraman. Or no, 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 sorry. It's just to the camera. So he wasn't there alone. So he had a camera going and he had an audio recorder going. And as he was describing what he was feeling, his audio recorder picked up an EVP that said, you're not going to make it. Ah! Right? I would be out of there so fast. Be like, deuces, I'm good. But I don't, like, he. if he wasn't wearing headphones, he didn't hear it when it happened. I was going to say, he probably didn't even hear that. Mm. Is he still alive? Who Zach Baggins? I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm pretty scary. sure the show is still on. Okay. So I'm pretty sure he's that doing that well. Would be creepy. Uh, so another thing that happened during this episode was they had left a full spectrum camera on the running on the third floor. Mm-hmm. And when they went back to review that footage, it, they saw it had captured a large black mass manifesting mm-hmm. in one of the corridors. It was human shaped and appeared to be walking toward the camera before changing directions and disappearing into a wall. Oh, nice. Um, so then he, so then Zach took that footage and, um, he brought it to like an outside expert, I guess, to like get it verified or something. And that expert says there isn't just one shadow figure. There's a smaller one walking right behind it. Oh. So it was two. Um, yeah. Um, this is funny because now it credits. This, oh, all this, this, these stories are coming from a website called America's Most Haunted.com, by the way. America's hyphen most hyphen haunted dot com um and it just it's funny because they credit this next story to um episode 14 season 2 of ghost hunters but then they crossed it they did it like a line out (laughs) but I'm wondering if that's because like the link is dead or something (gasps) yeah it is the link is dead that's why, like, come on, Ghost Hunters. Like, I know you guys broke up like a boy band. 
but I need your episode. Um, but so one of the, oh, see, I never know whether to give the history first or the experience first. I'll do the experience first cause it's right in front of my face. Um, they, so Jason and Grant on ghost hunters, they were investigating the second floor corridor with a thermal camera mm-hmm. and they caught a humanoid figure three to three and a half feet tall and it darted from the right side of the hall to the left and disappeared either into a wall or an open doorway. I guess it wasn't clear. Um, they verified there was nobody else mm-hmm. over there. They accounted for their entire team. And um, when they went back to like review it, they determined it was like a child-sized figure, which mm-hmm. three to three and a half feet, that makes sense. I'm sorry. I think I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think I know the history now. Timmy? Yeah. Um, uh, they could see distinct legs in an opaque upper half, um, which ruled out the person, the possibility of it being a person, because, like, if it's, you know, kind of see-through. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, Tina and Charlie Mattingly, I guess they must be the people who run it or own it now. Um, they verified that they had also seen that figure in that location as well as around the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so this little boy, Timmy, he, uh, he lived and died at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And his figure is known for people will bring like balls, like yeah. bouncy balls and stuff, and will use them to engage with him. Yeah. And he'll move them around. And, like, yeah. play with them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was remembering of, like, um, the little boy playing with the balls. Yeah, it says that he's been seen so often that the staff has taken the leaving toys and balls of various sizes out with for him to play with. Um, yeah. Poor Timmy. It's... Because, like, all the pictures, like, or most of the pictures of, like, the patients from back then, they're mm-hmm. all adults. Yeah. And it's, but, like, you got to think, like, there were kids there, too, yeah. that lived and died there. And yeah, that absolutely. had to, that had to just be so terrible. Um, so in the time that, um, after Waverly Hills was closed down as a TB hospital, it reopened, un- I didn't realize it reopened, I knew it reopened as a geriatric, uh, care yeah. place. But I didn't realize um, it opened under a different name. It was called Woodhaven Geriatric Hospital oh, okay. in 1962. Um, it was labeled a retirement facility. Um, it was closed in 1981 due to inhuman conditions. So, I mean, we can, I'm pretty sure you can infer the type of retirement facility that was. I want to retire. No. Um, th- this would have been more like, oh, dad's getting pretty old. I'm not taking him. I'm not taking him. Mm, let's let's bring him to Woodhaven. Yeah. All right. Let us know when he dies. Um, if that even. Yeah. Um, or just throw him down the body chute. Oh. Right? Because it's still there. So do you think they still use it for the elderlies? Oh. I bet you they did. Maybe. 
but well, so after it was closed, so the state stepped in and closed it. Yes. Um, so then, so during this time, so after they closed it, it just sat empty, right? And it wasn't doing anything. So, um, but the, the state actually allowed a man um, to live in the building with his dog in exchange for him, like, keeping an eye uh-huh. on the place. Um, so essentially, I mean, like that sounds to me like, uh, yeah, that sounds to me like a homeless guy needed a, a roof uh-huh. and they were just like, don't let kids break in. Because yeah. there's, you know, as any like abandoned building in any town or whatever, kids are going to yes, right, yeah. inevitably find it and that's the new spot. Yep. Um, so I guess this went on for a while and it, it worked well. Um, until the man disappeared. And then a few after a few days, um, they began to notice a strong odor seeping through the elevator doors on the third floor. Oh. Um, so then, you know, they go and investigate, and the man and his dog were both found dead at the bottom of the, al- the elevator shaft. Um, authorities deemed the death suspicious. Um, uh, yeah. Either... They, I love that it says deaths and it talks about the bodies, like the man and the dog. Aww. I mean, like it's really sad, but like I like that they're including the dog in in, yeah. in that tragedy because fur babies. Um, so they called the death suspicious um, and said someone either pushed them both to their death or they were both already dead and then they just threw them down. But they never figured out, like they never solved it. Um, so now. So Tina Mattingly, you know, must be one of the owners or caretaker. Um, She saw on the third floor a full-bodied apparition of a man with long disheveled hair wearing what appeared to be a trench coat with a large white dog lying by his side. Um, And those descriptions matched the man and his dog. And when she tried to approach them, they, like, evaporated. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's, I guess there's been similar reports by visitors also of seeing them. Um, um, so I think that's about it for Waverly Hills. Those are the biggest ones that I could find. I mean, I'm sure there, there's, I mean, there's a ton, if you Google it, there's a ton of stuff yeah. that comes up, but those were like the meaty ones, the good, <laughs> like meaty ones. Yeah. So... Um, it's on my list for sure. And now that I know that, um, tickets are going on sale soon, I'm probably going to book something for next year. Okay. The only thing I don't know is if I want to go around Halloween or not, cause it's going to be cold. It might be a lot of people too. Well, they're going to limit. Yeah. I guess if you're going for an investigation, they'll limit how many teams are there. I think you can rent equipment from them, too. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, for that, it's... An EMF meter is, like, 20 bucks. You know, yeah. you order your own on Amazon. And you can get just, like, a cheap little digital recorder. I would, well, I would bring <laughs> this one because I'm fancy. Yes. Um, but... I don't. I also don't know if I want to do like the haunted house. They put together like a haunted house, oh, like a right. scare house. Mm-hmm. I feel weird calling them haunted houses now because they're not. 
They're scare houses. But yeah, so that's uh, Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And it's considered um, to be one of the most haunted places in the world. I can't even like comprehend that. Over a th no, over less than a 20 year period. It opened in 20, well, it originally opened in 1912. Is that what I said? I don't remember. <laughs> but that was like the two, but the big building opened in 1926. Mm -hmm. And then closed in 1962. Not even 40 years. Like, I can't, that's such a big number. And then to think that, like, so many of them weren't even necessarily from TB that they died. It was just, like, experiments gone wrong. Or, like, treatments gone wrong. Experimental yeah. treatments gone wrong. Yeah. So do you have anything else? Any <laughs> comments, questions? Um, no, I think that's all of it. Thank you. All right. Well, um, to do our usual wrap up, Twitter, M Haunting, Instagram, My Fave Haunting. What else do we have? We have a website, myfavoritehaunting.com. Dot com. And what else do we have? We have an email, myfavorithaunting at gmail.com. Send us your stories, comments, thoughts. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? Is that everything? Um, and subscribe and rate and review. Yes. On iTunes. Please. Yeah. All right. That's it. I think that's all. All right. Keep, Keep it, it spooky. spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cheesy. We gotta do something else.